Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Unexplained Extra with me, Richard McLean Smith, where for the weeks in between episodes, we look at stories and ideas that for one reason or other didn't make it into the previous show. In last week's episode, The Silence of the Sea, we found the ghost ship, Marie Celeste, adrift on the Atlantic Ocean. Over the years, many theories have been put forward to explain what happened to the ship's 10 crew and passengers. Today, Despite the many otherworldly explanations, the most popular theories tend to revolve around the nature of the cargo on board the vessel. It's been speculated that leaking vapours from the denatured alcohol in the ship's hold might have scared Captain Briggs into thinking the vessel was about to explode. Terrified by the prospect of imminent catastrophe, the passengers may have taken to the lifeboat in a panic only to later sink under difficult conditions. Others have suggested that the vapours may even have caught fire at some point, but since only the gas would have been burned off, no evidence remained of anything untoward having taken place. However, it is unlikely we will ever have a definitive explanation for what occurred, and so the Marie Celeste is destined to remain forever adrift on those inscrutable and unforgiving waves of maritime history. There is something uniquely evocative and even romantic about the notion of being lost at sea. I think this is due in part to the inevitable sense of isolation that such an event conjures up. But also the strange confluence of something as singular and dynamic as an animal being consumed and ultimately dissolved into something so impassive and amorphous as the sea. At least from the perspective of an animal that lives above the water, that is. In writing the last episode, I was reminded of a story I heard many years ago about the artist Bas Jan Arder, 
who in 1975 attempted a solo crossing of the Atlantic Ocean from the US to the United Kingdom. Like many artists, Arda was determined for his work to get as close to eliminating artifice as possible, to leave only the unadulterated truths of existence. Arda's earlier work played on the conflict between free will and determinism, the notion that all acts are the result of pre-existing causes. One series of films in particular, based around the notion of falling, explored this idea explicitly. Recorded in the early 70s, the films depict Arda falling in different ways. Fall 1, Los Angeles, has the artist sat in a chair on the roof of his house before tumbling uncontrollably to the ground. Fall 2, Amsterdam, shows Arda cycling along a canal in the Dutch city before turning the bike toward the water and cycling straight into it. As one critic, Alexander Domadze, noted in his book, Bas Jan Arda, Death is Elsewhere, these were moments presented as ordinary occurrences that then become highly unusual, but also that they were intended to represent events that could not have unfolded differently. Nothing he could have done, no decision or indecision on his part, would have altered the course of events. As also noted by the critic, Arda's friends often worried about the possible consequences of his determination to use art as a way to explore his philosophical ideas. For Arda, it seemed, merely depicting them wasn't enough. What he ultimately wanted was to actualise them. It was an approach that may well have cost him his life. Bastian Johann Christian Arder was born on April 19, 1942, to mother Johanna Arder Appels and his father, also called Bastian, in Winscotten in the Netherlands. Arder was born during the height of the Second World War with the Netherlands under German occupation. Both his parents were morally opposed to Adolf Hitler's government and were active members of the Dutch resistance. Using Arda's father's position as a Calvinist minister, Arda's parents are thought to have helped somewhere between two to three hundred Jewish compatriots escape the Holocaust, often using their home to help hide them. In 1944, while away in central Netherlands, Bastian Arda was arrested by the German army. On one late November night, he was taken into the woods along with six other prisoners to face a firing squad. Arda demanded that he be killed last so he might comfort his fellow prisoners before their death. After watching each of them being shot in the head right in front of him, he is said to have then met his own fate with the strength of conviction that haunted his eldest son for the rest of his life. It is not hard to see where, perhaps, Arda's fascination with fate, determinism and free will might have sprung up from, considering these brutal early experiences. After the war, Bastian's mother moved him and his baby brother Eric to Dryborg, where they grew up. Arda struggled with the discipline of school 
and rebelled against his mother's wishes for him to follow in his father's footsteps and become a minister. Instead, he renounced his faith and turned his attentions to art. At 18, he travelled to America and spent a year studying in Washington, D.C., before eventually finding his way to Los Angeles, where in 1965, he met his wife, Mary Sue, a frequent collaborator in his work. Though Arda had exhibited his work throughout the 60s, it wasn't until his first series of fall films, shown in 1971, that he began to make his mark in the emerging Los Angeles art scene at the time. In 1973, Arda began work on a piece which was intended to be a triptych called In Search of the Miraculous. The initial part, consisting of 14 to 18 photographs, was titled In Search of the Miraculous, One Night in Los Angeles, and was first exhibited in November 1974. Together, the black and white stills depict a nocturnal meander through the city, in each of which can be found either upfront and obvious or hidden somewhere in the shadows, a darkly clad ardour shining a flashlight. The final photo reveals a haunting image of ardour, standing in fuzzy isolation on a beach, seemingly cut off from the bright lights and life of the city just visible in the distance behind him. Shortly after making the photos, Arda seemed to lose interest in his work and took up a teaching post in the University of California. Some, concerned by his diminishing output, speculated that Arda had reached an impasse in his work and that he thought it had become too routine and formulaic. It was around this time that Arda began planning for the second part of In Search of the Miraculous. This part would take the form of an ambitious journey in which he would sail on his own from Cape Cod in Massachusetts to Cornwall in England. Though some have suggested otherwise, Arda was in fact a very accomplished sailor, having learnt to sail from a very early age growing up in the Netherlands. At 19, after hitchhiking to Morocco, Arda befriended a man named Neil Burkhead, who was looking for a crewmate to help him sail to California. Arda jumped at the opportunity, and together they successfully completed the 11,000-mile journey, arriving months later after a series of life-threatening disasters, all of which they had managed to overcome. Are you always taking care of your family? Do you often take care of others and not yourself? Now it's time to take care of yourself, to make time for you. You deserve it. Teladoc gives you access to a licensed therapist to help you get back to feeling your best, to feeling like yourself again. With Teladoc, you can speak to a licensed therapist by phone or video. Therapy appointments are available seven days a week from 7am to 9pm local time. If you feel overwhelmed sometimes, maybe you feel stressed or anxious, depressed or lonely, or you might be struggling with a personal or family issue, Teladoc can help. Teladoc is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy to change counsellors if needed, for free. Teladoc Therapy is available through most insurance or employers. Download the app 
or visit teledoc.com forward slash unexplained podcast today to get started. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C dot com slash unexplained podcast. In 1974, Bastian Ader accepted an offer to put on an exhibition at the Groninger Museum in Groningen in the Netherlands. The show, which was seen by Ader as the perfect opportunity to conclude his In Search of the Miraculous project, was scheduled for the autumn of the following year. By now, the artist was deep in preparation for his trip, studying flows of currents, possible weather patterns, and reacquainting himself with all the necessary nautical charts. Although his efforts to find sponsorship failed, and the costs quickly escalated, Arda ploughed on regardless, asking the few friends that knew about his journey to keep it a secret, until he had successfully completed the trip. In June, he purchased a 12 and a half foot long Guppy 13 sailing boat. Despite its small size, it was well designed for overnight sailing and open water, made from moulded fibreglass, which was able to right itself in case of capsize. Arda named the boat Ocean Wave, after the old sea shanty, a life on the ocean wave. Over the next few weeks, Arda had the boat modified, strengthening the rigging and washboards, as well as securing the lifeline that would keep him attached to it, if he should fall out at any point. Next, he stockpiled all the necessary food and water that he would need to complete his journey, and by the end of the month, his preparations were complete. Having told family and friends that he hoped to arrive in the UK at some point in September, he and his wife Mary Sue, along with Ocean Wave, made their way to Chatham in Massachusetts. After writing a couple of letters and postcards to a couple of European galleries, announcing his departure and imminent arrival, at 2pm on July 9th, 1975, Arda waved goodbye to his wife. Moments later, he and Ocean Wave were towed out of the harbour and disappeared into the horizon. After seeing her husband off in Cape Cod, Mary Sue travelled to the Netherlands, hoping to be there for his arrival. By early September, however, Arda had yet to appear, and Mary Sue was forced to return home due to a work commitment. Arda's failure to appear at this point was not a huge concern, since it wasn't unusual for such journeys to take up to 150 days to complete. Such facts were little comfort for his friends and family, however, eagerly awaiting any sign that he was okay. The fact that he had deliberately resisted taking a communications device and was using only a sextant and maps to navigate with only served to exacerbate their anxiety. And as the weeks went by, still with no trace of ardour anywhere, it was beginning to dawn on those closest to him that something terrible had gone wrong. With the artist's planned show in Groningen having long ago been postponed, by December he had still yet to appear. In response, 
Mary Sue alerted all appropriate authorities to let them know that her husband was missing at sea. Despite the British Coast Guard carrying out two sweeping searches, they found nothing of Arda or his boat. In April the following year, a Spanish fishing vessel travelling just south of Ireland and to the west of the southern coast of England came across an eerie and incongruous sight. It was a small sailing ship, partially submerged, with its hull standing up vertically in the water. After hauling the boat onto the trawler, a quick search of it revealed some spoiled tins of food, among other paraphernalia, as well as a damaged Dutch passport belonging to Bastian Johan Christian Arder. There was no sign of the man himself anywhere. It wasn't long after Arda's disappearance and likely death that the story of his ill-fated trip hit the news. With his boat having been taken back to Spain, where it was later stolen, Spanish naval authorities speculated that an explosion on board might have forced Arda to evacuate it. His brother Eric, however, suspected he might just have been knocked overboard in a heavy storm, with his lifeline having then been ripped away from the boat. Some believed that the artist, who is thought to have been struggling with a number of personal issues at the time, might have either faked his own death or indeed committed suicide. However, both his wife and his other friends were adamant this was not his intention or frame of mind before he set off. In the end, we are left with the uncomfortable question, was Bastian Arda's final piece in search of the miraculous? as some suggest, unfinished, or had it in fact been completed. Having accepted that Arda was dead, later in 1976, his mother, Johanna, held a memorial service in his honour. While her son was away at sea in the midst of his journey, Johanna has said that she received a premonition of his death, coming to her as if telepathically in the form of a poem on the night of October 12, 1975. From the deep waters of sleep, I wake up to consciousness. In the distance, I hear a train rumbling in the early morning. It is going east and passes the border. Then it will stop. I feel my heart beating too. It will go on beating for some time. Then it will stop. I wonder if the little heart that has beaten with mine has stopped. When he passed the border of birth, I laid him at my breast, rocked him in my arms. He was very small then. A white body of a man, rocked in the arms of the waves, is very small too. What are we in the infinity of ocean and sky? A small baby at the breast of eternity. Have you heard of happiness springing from a deep well of sorrow? Of love springing from pain and despondency, agony and death? Such is mine. If you enjoy listening to Unexplained and would like to help supporters, you can now go to unexplainedpodcast.com forward slash support. 
All donations, no matter how large or small, are massively appreciated. All elements of Unexplained are produced by me, Richard McLean-Smith. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, and feel free to get in touch with any thoughts or ideas regarding the stories you've heard on the show. Perhaps you have an explanation of your own you'd like to share. You can reach us online at unexplainedpodcast.com or Twitter at unexplainedpod and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash unexplained. Now it's time to take care of yourself, to make time for you. Teladoc gives you access to a licensed therapist to help you get back to feeling your best. Speak to a licensed therapist by phone or video anytime between 7am to 9pm local time, seven days a week. Teladoc therapy is available through most insurance or employers. Download the app or visit teladoc.com forward slash unexplained podcast today to get started. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C dot com slash unexplained podcast. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit mortonbuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton... The difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.